Travel, it's one of life's greatest pleasures. When we journey abroad, we discover new places and meet fascinating people, but we also gain perspective and take on a wider view of the world around us. That was Trevor Ranges, and I'm Scott Coates. After more than 25 years living and working in Asia, we've developed an amazing network of interesting characters throughout the region. Talk Travel Asia is our way of sharing them with you. Plug in and get connected to hot tips, interesting perspectives, and expert travel advice as we cultivate travel insight through intelligent conversation. The Mekong is one of the world's great rivers, covering a distance of nearly 5,000 kilometers from its source on the Tibetan Plateau in China to the Mekong Delta in Vietnam. The river flows through six countries, China, Myanmar, Thailand, Laos, Cambodia, and Vietnam. Its basin is home to one of the richest areas of biodiversity in the world, with more than 20,000 plant species and 800 fish species discovered to date. An estimated 80% of the nearly 65 million people living on the lower Mekong River Basin depend on the river and its rich natural resources for their livelihood, making sustainable development crucial for the environment and communities living in the basin. Today, Scott and I are going to share some of our stories about experiencing the Mekong River. In Phnom Penh, Cambodia, this is Trevor Ranges, and with me, as always, is Scott Coates. How are you doing today, Scott? Yeah, I'm doing all right, man. Uh, excited about this episode. We've been thinking about the Mekong River for quite a while, and uh, yeah, it's good that we give an entire episode focused to it. Yeah, you know, we had Nick Ray on to talk about the Mekong River Basin Delta. I'm not sure which is which now. Down in Vietnam, and uh, you know, we've had other episodes where we've touched on it simply because the Mekong passes through so many countries here in Southeast Asia. Um, but because we've both lived in the region for so long, uh, we really do have quite a few stories we realized uh, from that Nick episode that we could do an entire episode just talking about our experiences on and along the Mekong. Yeah. So when did you first really know of the Mekong River? Honestly, I have no idea. Like, and when did I really know of the Mekong River? I would probably say the first time I saw it. Um, you know, in theory, I could say, yeah, you know, I probably had heard of it from some like Vietnam era war movies. Or as a boy, I used to like to read uh, World Atlases. So as one of maybe it's the 10th longest river in the world is one of the longest rivers in the world. I, I might have become aware of it in my early days, but it really wasn't until I moved to Asia that uh, it, it really came to my consciousness. Yeah, for me, I'm not sure. Like I'd heard of it probably from movies and books, war related type stuff, I think. But, you know, I didn't really know much about it. I don't think until I actually moved to Thailand in, in 1999 and kind of like you probably went there and saw it or had an experience on it. So then the next question logically is when and where was your first experience on the Mekong River? Yeah, my first experience would have been in Vientiane, the capital of Laos. Uh, I went to Vientiane in 2001. I think it was my first year uh, living in Thailand. And uh, I remember right around that same time, I, I came across that photo of, uh, it, it's called the Queen of Nagas. And it's uh, a bunch of U.S military personnel holding a giant fish that it was claimed to be a naga that was captured by these soldiers in the Mekong River in the 1970s. 
And then it turns out that uh, my friend was one of the people in that photo and, and the photo wasn't actually from Laos and it wasn't from the Mekong and it wasn't from the seventies. And I ended up writing a story about it, uh, which we'll have a link to on the show notes. And then that led me to uh, this, this tale of the Naga fireballs, um, which is down in Nongkai. And there was a movie called the Mekong full moon party. That was about this phenomena called the Mekong fireballs. And then just from there, this mystique of the Mekong and all of these amazing things about it uh, kind of grew, grew from that experience. Yeah. I think mine was at the golden triangle, which a million people have probably heard about. And I always think it's so much less exciting than the name conjures up, but I believe it was in late 1999 when Daniel Fraser and I, my former business partner who's been on the show, were putting together our first trips in Shengrai, the province that borders Myanmar and Laos in Northern Thailand. And we were trying to put together this trip where you'd ride motorcycles through the mountains, you'd hit the golden triangle, motorbikes to get picked up and you'd get on a fast boat and blast for about 70 kilometers down the Mekong River to the town of Chiang Kong. And we put that together successfully. So I'm pretty sure that was my first like real look at the Mekong River, my first time and experience on it. And I was lucky enough to do that boat ride and oh gosh, probably 50 times at least over the years, but that goes back to 99. Wow. And since then, I imagine you've been on the river a bunch of times, and that's why we're going to talk about it today. As usual, we will have all sorts of links and photos on our show notes. Also, if you go to our website, talktravelasia.com, you will see a link there for you to donate to become a patron on our Patreon page. Uh, every other week or so, we have a special patron-only episode or video. You can donate as little as a dollar a month to enjoy our bonus content. Um, I have come to enjoy creating bonus content. We shoot videos uh, while we're out and about. Scott recently visited me in Cambodia and uh, we shot a video exploring the Angkor Archaeological Park. I recently hosted a beer bar crawl and I shot a video for our patrons of us playing beer drinking games throughout the city. Um, so if you go to the website and you click on donate for as little as a dollar a month, you get to see some really cool exclusive content. So thanks in advance for your support. Yeah, so I think the way we're going to do this one is we both have lists of times along the Mekong and places that came to mind, and we'll just go back and forth. I'll do one, you do one, or vice versa, and we'll inspire some travel dreams, hopefully. So do you want to go first, Trevor? Yeah, okay. I, I did mine from north to south. Uh, so I'm going to start with the, fourth, okay. the farthest north I've been, and that is up in Chiang Rai. You were just talking about the Golden Triangle. You know, there's a, a little river off the Mekong called the Ruk, Ruk River, and that goes just past the Anantara Hotel there. And uh, I went elephant surfing on the Ruk River. I rode an elephant bareback down the hill into the river. Hmm. And while the elephant floated in the river, I was standing on top of it. And elephants really enjoy floating in the river. And they like to turn upside down and turn sideways. And I kept having to to, to kind of run like I was uh, barrel rolling. What's that called? You know, when you ride on a barrel or a log in, in the river. And that was one of the coolest experiences of my life. Um, but also I've, you know, ridden up the river there to the Four Seasons Tented Camp. And uh, it, it's pretty amazing up there where where the, the Laos and Myanmar and Thailand all come together. That's a pretty spectacular area, not just the Mekong, but all of the little tributary rivers that break off of it and, and go into the respective countries. I think that was a pretty cool experience. That's the farthest north uh, on the Mekong I've been. 
Well, mine are in no particular order, but now that you mention it, my first one is the furthest north I've been, and it's also at the Golden Triangle, sort of uh, growing upon what I just said a little bit earlier, and that's when we used to run trips from the Golden Triangle down to Cheng Kong. Um, I've been along it on boats, I've cycled it, I've ridden motorbikes, and it's a really nice kind of 80-kilometer stretch, particularly the last 60, and when you get about 20 kilometers out of the Golden Triangle heading east, you hit a little turn at a town called Bansao, and from Bansao, you have a 60 kilometer stretch, it's sort of, you see the river, you come away from it a bit, you see the river, just really quiet countryside. And it's a really, really magical stretch. You know, um, again, whether I've, I've biked, driven, uh, motorbiked, it, it's really special countryside, that really sleepy life. Uh, and that's always sticks out as kind of one of my favorite stretches in Northern Thailand. And yeah, just beautiful, memorable, never get tired of it. Okay. And have you ever have you ever taken the, the river there from Chiang Kong into Luang Prabang? I have. And as well, that's one oh, really? on yeah, okay. list. Do you have that on your, your list as well? Yeah, well, I was going to mention Luang Prabang as, as being one of the, the most scenic places to enjoy the Mekong River. Um, I used to go to Luang Prabang every year for up to a month. I'd go for, you know, two to four weeks uh, just to unwind, uh, to work on some of my writing, uh, to relax. Uh, it's one of the most beautiful, picturesque cities in the world. Um, it's a very small city, very charming, um, but uh, it, it's definitely a place where you can just sit by the river and and watch the river float by, and it, and it's such a relaxing and and peaceful experience. Well, my theme to my order now is trying to follow you as much <laughs> as I can. So, yeah, I took the slow boat way back in early two thousand from Huesai. And Huesai is opposite this town I mentioned called Cheng Kong. So travelers will go to Cheng Kong to cross into Laos and vice versa. But we took the slow boat from Huesai. You then overnight in a place called Pakbang. And on day two, you end up in Luang Prabang. And it was a kick-ass trip. Slow covered boat. You sit inside. They're hauling all kinds of cargo. And one of the neatest parts was they just stop along the banks on the way and they pick up villagers who will get on with animals. The animals go on top their cargo, they get off at a certain point, really, really slow. And and that was magical. I mean, we're talking now 22 years ago, and I still remember it so fondly, and I would do it again. I've also done a few, you know, little boat trips along the Mekong River in Luang Prabang, like you mentioned, kind of a couple sundown cruises on the Mekong, which are really nice and charming. And if you're there, you got to get out in a boat. And also there's boat trips to nearby caves there too. So yeah, Luang Prabang and the Mekong River are fantastic. Okay, so following the river south, the next place of note would be Vang Vieng. And Vang Vieng was popular for many years for floating down the Mekong in uh, rubber tubes. So like t car tire inner tubes, I guess they are. And uh, it was a bit of a party town back in those days uh, with the tubing being one of the, the big hotspot things to do in Vang Vieng. Um, I don't know that I ever rode in a tube in Vang Vieng, but I certainly have swum in the Mekong River there. And Vang Vieng, again, like Laos is such a beautiful country, but Vang Vieng is, is particularly beautiful. Um, the, the scenery is spectacular. The river there is beautiful. They have a bunch of little bars along the riverside. And, and once again, like, I think like it's such a beautiful river and especially at sunset, just like sitting alongside the Mekong and, and, and watching the sunset, um, is, is such a great experience. I don't know. It seems funny maybe to people listening that just sitting and watching a river would be a, a really enjoyable thing to do, but, uh, Luang Prabang 
great thing to do, watch the Mekong, Vang Vieng, another th- great thing to do is, is sit and, and enjoy the, the Mekong Riverside. I'm with you. And I'm going to stick to your theme of kayaking and, and tubing and stuff. And, you know, okay, looking at the river, I get it. And they say that 60 million plus people use the river every day in some form, be it for their food or transport. So I think it's, it, you know, it's got to be one of the most used waterways on the planet. So there has, and there is a real mystique with it to me. And last time I'm going to mention Chang Kong, but you know, what we used to do with our guests there when I was in uh, tourism and running trips was in the morning, we would have kind of a hungover picnic. Now you didn't have to be hungover to come on it, but this is a little hippie town and people inevitably were, but we would get a small little boat and a driver and we would go to the market and we would buy some chicken and some fish and sticky rice and usually a few beers and even bamboo worms if they were in season. So you'd get a piece of bamboo with live kind of worms in them and you would cook them up. So we would go find a sand island, depending on the season, there's more of them when the river's low sit on a sand island, we'd start a little fire, we'd cook this stuff up, someone would have a guitar, and sometimes we'd bring kayaks or even a tire tube, and we'd jump in the tire tubes after eating and drift down the river a bit. So I've had many, many mornings out on the Mekong there, and yeah, again, it's one of those things. I'm smiling now just thinking about it. Cool. Now, my next southern more point southern more next southerly point along the Mekong is is Vientiane, the capital of Laos. Um, and that's right on the border there with uh, Thailand. So I've actually crossed the Mekong there. There's a bridge um, that crosses the Mekong. Um, so I have crossed the river there. I have also spent a bit of time in Vientiane, but that was, again, the early 2000s. I haven't been back to Vientiane in, in almost 20 years. And back then, they used to have uh, like these little Lao barbecues set up on the grass, and you used to sit on uh, on mats on the grass and the, the barbecues are great. They're like these little volcano-shaped uh, grills um, that you put different meat and, and vegetables and, and you grill them on the on, on this barbecue while you're sitting on a mat on the grass. And I remember there there was snakes and rats rustling around in the grass alongside us. And from what I understand, the city has developed quite a bit, so you're not necessarily sitting on the grass on the, the riverside anymore. But I, I imagine there's probably still some pretty cool barbecue restaurants along the, the riverside in Vientiane nowadays. Okay, yeah, Vientiane, I went there, and this next story we'll, we'll touch there at the end of it is a number of years ago now, I think it was in 2020, uh, Daniel Fraser, who was on episode 148, Lesser Known Thailand, he and I took the train to a province kind of in the mid-northern bit of Thailand called Uttaradit, and we cycled east from Uttaradit up into the mountains and sort of rode south along mountains that formed the Thai Lao border. But then as we entered into Loi province, we actually followed the Mekong River for probably about 200 kilometers or so through Loi into Nongkai province and finished the trip in Nongkai. And it was definitely a, a bigger center than what you're talking about. But really even leading up to the Mekong River on that stretch, there's another river that was just spectacular, again, following the Thai Lao border from Uttaradit, sort of west to east along there. And truly one of the nicest stretches I've ever seen in Thailand anywhere. I'd recommend it in a heartbeat. But following the river on a bike uh, was spectacular for those couple hundred kilometers because you're literally right along it. You see it right there. You stop at the odd little coffee shop, the odd place for some grilled chicken. Yeah, that was a fantastic experience. Cool. So my next Lao spot is uh, another Mekong experience. You know, it's interesting because the Mekong River runs 
along the border in between Laos and Thailand. And uh, again, I, I'm actually, I just shared the link to a Google map that I'm trying to create as we're talking. So Scott and I can, uh, Scott and I can share um, these locations with you. Again, I, I always enjoy looking at a Google map while we're talking with a guest or talking with each other about the destinations, because, you know, for those people who haven't been to this part of the world, the, the Mekong River forms a lot of the borders between these countries. Um, a lot of the border between Laos and Thailand is the Mekong River. Um, but still, before we get there, you know, we're, we're, we're still in Laos here. So we're on the, the east side of the river. And that would be at, at Champasak and Wat Pu. Uh, Wat, Wat Pu is uh, an ancient Hindu temple um, that was formed by the Cham people. And then it was conquered by the Khmer in, I believe it was the 6th century off the top of my head. I think it was like in the, the 530s, it became a, a Khmer temple in the, in the pre-Angkorian days. Um, but the, the ruins of these temples are on this hillside that, that stretch up the hill overlooking the Mekong River. And then the town of Champasak uh, is this charming little town with these old French colonial buildings right along the, the Mekong River. Um, and again, Laos is such a laid back place that just like riding a bicycle all along the Mekong or finding a little spa where you can, you know, get a massage and then drink some tea alongside the Mekong River, uh, especially in the green season when, when the, the countryside is all green and the river is full of water. Uh, that Wapu and Champasak area of Laos uh, where the Mekong River runs through is just spectacular. Yeah, cycling along the Mekong River is what I did in the next town as well, but really kind of casual cycling with my wife. We went, uh, oh, about a year and a half ago to the far east of Thailand to a town called Nakhon Panom, and it is right on the Mekong River. And one of the interesting things that makes it a little bit unique is that you have a lot of people that are originally from way of Vietnam, and it turns out that even Ho Chi Minh, lived for a few years in a house in this little town. So you have a lot of people who are very Thai now, but they are of Vietnamese heritage. And they have some really nice long cycling and jogging paths that they've built along the Mekong River there. I think they're about 12 or 13 kilometers in length. So my wife and I rode the bike up and then rode the bike back and we stopped for a coffee. And on the other side in Laos, there's some really spectacular low-lying mountains. So that trip to Nakhon Panom, I'm really glad we did it. And that's a really great place for people to go to if they've been to Thailand, say, before. It's a short flight from Bangkok. And uh, yeah, nice town, nice setup, good food, and you get to spend some time on the Mekong River. Yeah, absolutely good food. I had some amazing food there in Champasak. I had uh, sticky rice risotto. And uh, the Lao people love to eat sticky rice. And uh, sticky rice risotto was one of the most amazing things that I've ever eaten. Okay, so, you know, I think I'm going to skip the next place that you're going to mention because uh, before you cross the border into Cambodia, you're going to pass through Sipandon, the 4,000 islands. And I know that you've been there, so that's probably what you're going to mention next. For me, um, right across the border in northern Cambodia, there's a small village called Priya Rumkel. And Priya Rumkel, you can actually see hmm. into Laos. And uh, I've been up to Priya Rumkel a number of times. I've had some amazing experiences on the Mekong River there. Uh, one time, I, I was doing some sort of homestay, but we didn't stay in a home. We stayed in some little open air sala on stilts just beside the river. And we were drinking rice whiskey until I finally passed out 
And then I remember at like two or three o'clock in the morning, these guys woke me up because they had gone fishing and they caught some fish and they grilled it up and they woke me up in the middle of the night to have me eat some of the fish that they caught and drink some more whiskey and started <laughs> singing songs. And uh, it was a really, it was a really cool experience. So I've been back to Priya Rumkel a number of times. Uh, it used to be famous for uh, seeing the the Irrawaddy dolphins, the freshwater dolphins that live in the Mekong River. Okay, but since they built a new uh, hydroelectric dam just across the border in Laos, apparently the dolphins have moved up across the border and now are living in southern Laos. Um, but one of the really cool things to do from Priya Rumkel is to kayak through the flooded forests. Um, and I'll have some photos oh. of this on our uh, on our show notes. That was a really cool experience because, you know, the, the Mekong River flows pretty quickly at times and uh, you get on a kayak. And, and when the, the river is high, it, it submerges trees that are on either side or on islands. There's lots of islands in the river. And it's really almost like tree skiing because you're in a kayak and you're going down the river and you're going through the trees and you can't really stop yourself. You can just sort of steer and and, and go through the trees. And uh, it, it was a really amazing experience. I hope people can have a look at the photos just because it's hard to imagine. But uh, kayaking through the, the flooded forests there in Priya Romkel is almost as cool as eating fish and drinking whiskey at, at three o'clock in the morning. Yeah, I have stood on the southern end of the Mekong and Lao looking across into Cambodia. So I probably couldn't see Preya Ronkel. But uh, yeah, I my next one will be the 4,000 Islands, which I'm always talking about on this show. But it was an area that just blew me away. So go as far south along the Mekong as you can in Lao, and you get to the island of Don Con and Don Det two islands connected by a bridge built by the French because way back in the late 1800s, they were trying to map the river coming up river and they hit the rapids around the 4,000 islands, which is a super wide stretch of the river, probably like 5k, all kinds of islands. They disassembled boats, built a railway to then drag the disassembled boats across the two islands and reassemble them at the North end. But there's some really cool little hotels you can stay at there. The history around there was super cool. And then if you go a little further north, of course, you get to Wat Pu, the temple you talked about already. And there's some other really neat hotels uh, near Champasak. So that area is still one, I think, the coolest trips I've done in the last five years around here. I would go back in a flash. Just absolute magic. Yeah, you know, that's kind of on my to-do list. And, you know, I love Laos. I love you know, the north and the central and the southern part and, and Champasak and Wapu was amazing. And I'm kind of sad I didn't make it down to Sipan Don. Um, but I would love to sometime. Otherwise, uh, you were recently here in Cambodia and uh, you went to Krache. And uh, Krache is a town on the Mekong River, uh, a number of hours south of Priya Romkel. And Krache is a pretty awesome place. Uh, that's another place that's famous for seeing the Irrawaddy dolphins. The dolphins are, are, are really cool. They're not like ocean dolphins with the pointy noses. They kind of have uh, more rounded faces. Uh, they look like they're smiling. They don't jump up out of the water and do tricks. But, uh, you know, now you can uh, see them quite easily. Uh, they have been hanging in there. They, they should have been extinct by now from, uh, you know, the projections from decades earlier, but uh, the, their habitat seems to be allowing them to survive. 
Uh, one of the other cool things to do in Crache is they build these huge hammock restaurants. I don't know if they're restaurants, but some of them they build alongside the river. Some of them they build in the river so that they're floating. Um, they, they allow for hundreds of people at a time sometimes just to like hang out in hammocks and eat and drink and, and watch the river go by. Um, it's a pretty cool experience. Um, also, there's an island uh, just across from Crache that's called Kotrong, which is also known as Palmelo Island. Um, palmellos are something similar to a grapefruit. They're just a little bit bigger and a little bit sweeter. Kotrong is a great place to ride a bicycle around, uh, eat some palmello, have lunch. Uh, you know, also one thing I haven't done around Crache, but I'd really love to do is uh, the stand-up paddleboarding. Uh, stand-up paddleboarding Cambodia. Every year they do a multi-day stand-up paddleboarding trip uh, north of Crache, where you camp on you camp on some of the islands. Uh, I'll put a link to that because uh, the woman Annie who runs it, she's got some great drone footage of people stand-up paddling down down the, the the river and stopping on these islands with sandbars and drawing pictures of dolphins on the sandbars and and camping there and barbecuing on these islands and. Crache is a really cool place. Uh, definitely worth a visit if you ever get here to Cambodia. Well, I am going to talk about Crache, but I'll leave it till the end. My, my next one is just real simple. And, you know, every time that I'd been in Vientiane, probably four times or something, I always like to just do a nice run along the road, right along the river. And it used to be dirt. I think they're all paved now and they're probably getting a little busier, but Simple. I would just, you know, go 5K in one direction, turn around and come back. But dirt roads, very magical and nothing more complicated really than, as you said, just looking at the river, saying hi to people that are sitting along its banks, having a drink, cooking a little food. Maybe they're having a bath, look at the boats, watch it all go happen or the lack of it happening and, and just watch the sun down. Yeah, all those runs uh, along the Mekong and Vientiane are, are really great, great memories and just a, a perfect thing to do. Cool. So now we're in Phnom Penh. So actually, you know, where I'm sitting talking to you right now, it, it can't be more than a kilometer to the Mekong River. Um, if you go out my front door here and hang a right, you'll hit the uh, the, the Tonle Sap River. Um, but then the Tonle Sap River and the Mekong River merge right here almost due east of, of where I live. So I, I, I cross the Mekong quite regularly. It's quite nice on the other side of the river. You can just, there's ferries that go every 10 minutes. So you ride your bicycle down to the riverside, you jump on a ferry, you know, it costs like 25 cents to, to take the boat across the Mekong. And then you, you ride your bike on, on the far side of the river there. There's also a Mekong Island or Silk Island, which is an island uh, just a little bit north of town where they have some guest houses. I went there for a friend's birthday party recently. I was at, I was on a boat party a couple of months ago. Every time somebody has a birthday, it seems, we'll, we'll rent a boat and we'll fill it up with food and beer and some karaoke machines. And and the, it, it goes down the, the Tonle Sop and around the corner and up the Mekong and then back down the Mekong and then back up the Tonle Sop. So, you know, I'm on the Mekong here in Phnom Penh quite often. Uh, and occasionally I get to dip a, a toe in there if I'm visiting Silk Island or, or if I happen to slip off my bike when I get too close to shore. But it's pretty cool to be be this close to the Mekong and the confluence of the Mekong and the Tonle Sap and the Tonle Basak, uh, which is called the Chaktamuk or Four Faces, um, is a pretty cool experience. So anytime you're here in Phnom Penh, uh, it's a pretty neat experience to get out on a boat and uh, just float around a little bit and have some beers. 
Well, that was actually my next one. So yeah, you've kind of said it all there, but um, the theme is, is jogging. Obviously there's really nice boulevard right along the Mekong river, along what the tourists know as the riverfront in Phnom Penh. Pretty tough to be to walk along there early morning for sunrise or sunset. Uh, you could do it anytime, but it's roasting hot. But yeah, I love getting out along the boulevard, along the riverfront. Super fun. Uh, you could even grab a beer. There's people selling beers. Just sit along the banks. But as you mentioned, the the fun part has been some of those cruises we've done where you just rent a boat for like, I don't know, 25 bucks or something. A sizable boat, right? Usually with a deck on top. I think we've bought pizzas and taken pizzas and they sell beers or you bring your own booze and that and just kind of toot along the river like you said the Tomasap River the Mekong River and and it, it's a really neat spot where those two rivers join and when the Mekong's high and has lots of water it actually causes the river up to the Tomasap to reverse direction and flood that lake up near Siem Reap so yeah times in Phnom Penh along the river um, have been great a lot of fun beautiful just great time to interact with people and enjoy those sundowns running or drinking heavily upon a boat. <laughs> Speaking of that, you know, one time I was fortunate enough to take a three night, four day river cruise uh, from Ho Chi Minh City up to Phnom Penh on the Mekong River. Okay. And that was quite an experience. Uh, you know, I'd never been on an extended cruise before. Um, and, and it was really an incredible experience. I wish I had the notes with me to tell you about all the different places we stopped. Um, but as a four day cruise, um, basically, we would, you know, do little outings where we would either uh, disembark from the main ship and then get onto little skiffs, and then we would go to visit little villages, or we would go see a temple or a village or community that was just off the Mekong. Um, there's some actually rather large cities along the way. Uh, it's it's a really fascinating experience going up the Delta area between Ho Chi Minh City and Phnom Penh. Um, it, it was a really cool experience. You know, like you, you do have a lot of downtime where you're just sort of like sitting and watching the river. Uh, it's pretty cool that, you know, you'll see kids swimming along the sides of the river and they'll always shout and wave to you. Uh, I got a lot of reading done. I did a little bit of research uh, on the history of Cambodia and Vietnam. Um, it was very relaxing, but also very picturesque. And there was a floating village. I remember we went through this town where all of these boats congregate and, and all of the boats are selling produce, they're selling fish. And, and you know, there were a few tourists there, but like these these are quite remote areas where there aren't a lot of tourists there. So, so these are very authentic kind of experiences that you can have um, in some of these rem more remote areas, I guess, if you will, of the Mekong River, where the only possible way you could experience them is if you were on one of these live aboard boats. And, and there are a number of choices for different boats that you can take, whether they're super luxury or whether they're, you know, moderate luxury, because I don't know that there's any real like backpacker style uh, four day trips between Ho Chi Minh and Phnom Penh, um, but it but it is a really cool experience if if you're into cruises uh, or rivers um, and are looking for for that type of experience. Well, my last pick was the only one that was deliberate, and that's because it is my most recent experience along the Mekong River, and you mentioned it just earlier, and it was to Croce, which I heard it say. Croce, not Croce as we all see it, but uh, I've been dreaming about staying at this hotel in a town called Chalong, which is about a 30-minute drive before Croce if you're coming from 
Phnom Penh, and it's uh, called Relais de Chalong. So that was sort of the main point with also kayaking up in Kratze. But my wife and I rented a motorbike. It was about a five and a half hour drive up there and actually drove right along the Mekong River again for, oh, geez, about 100 kilometers worth of that. Um, Chalong itself, the river is really wide there. I'd say about a kilometer and a half wide. And then when you get up to Kratze, it was at least a kilometer and a half wide in parts, maybe two kilometers. And I was amazed as we drove along it for those long stretches, how few boats there really were out there. There was a few tiny fishing boats, but there was no major cargo boats or big boats at all. And while we were up there, like you, we did a, a trip with a very good company. There'll be the link to this company in the show notes to see the Arawati dolphins. And we did see them. I kept expectations really low because I thought, you know, we're probably not going to see these things. But as it turned out, we saw a couple pods of them. I'd say one pod was about five and the other was probably three. Might have seen a third pod or it might have been the other ones. But yeah, we saw them for a good 45 minutes. But even before that, you know, we kayaked across the river. And then because the river is pretty high when we were just there in June of 2020, is you're kayaking through a forest at a point. So there's all these big trees that would be exposed when the river's low. But we are kind of kayaking through the upper tips of the trees. And it was it was just really neat. Again, marveling at being on the river, this famous river, and then seeing those dolphins, of which there's not many. They said there was about 40 there. And then staying in this absolutely magnificent colonial hotel tell in Chalong. Uh, there's a link in the show notes as well. You got to stay there. So that was a really sweet trip. I'd been dreaming of for about five years. And that is my latest and my final Mekong experience to share, Trevor. Yeah, it's pretty cool. You know, um, the fact that it runs through Vietnam and Cambodia and Laos and Thailand, countries that you and I have both spent uh, a lot of time in over the past 20 years sort of makes sense that that we have a number of experiences on it um, but obviously still that we have more that we wish to to do an experience and it's cool that you've got to finally go to chalong because that related chalong hotel is pretty spectacular but there still are things on the bucket list like i mentioned uh, that i have yet to go to uh, the four thousand islands in southern laos so so that's certainly on my bucket list uh what are a few things on your bucket list scott it's still on my bucket list to follow the river north from Phnom Penh all the way to Laos. So I've made it up to Croce, but you've still got a couple hundred kilometers further you could follow it north. And then I'd love to cross the border and spend some time, like maybe a week in Sipandon or along the islands in southern Laos. I've also never been to the Mekong Basin in Vietnam. I've heard that as you follow the river from Phnom Penh, there's some big industry and stuff. But Nick Ray on a past episode sort of talked about riding a motorbike through the Mekong Basin. So that would be pretty cool. I'd like to experience it somewhere in Myanmar, although it's not in Myanmar for very long. And then while not the Mekong River, I have still yet to go up the river from Phnom Penh to Siem Reap, although I would need to do it on a cool boat and at the right time of year when the river's high. So that's a whole bunch of Mekong plus one, not Mekong, but touches the Mekong experience that I'm quite keen on. How about yourself? Any others? Yeah, you know, I mentioned it in the introduction, but, uh, you know, I've never been to Nong Kai, which is in Thailand on the Mekong River. And I've just heard that in general, Nong Kai is a really cool and interesting town. Uh, they have the Mutmi style uh, silk weaving, which I've always found quite interesting. I've always been into textiles. Um, but I really, really want to go to see the Naga fireballs. This is this is some sort of like, again, I, I mentioned the movie earlier, the, the Mekong Full Moon Party. Um, which has a theory as to what exactly the Mekong fireballs are. Um, but, you know, they're this unexplained phenomena 
where each year these glowing balls of fire fly up out of the Mekong River into the sky. And, uh, you know, it, I'll have a link to my story about my friend who, who captured a Naga in the Mekong River um, when he was two years old, apparently. But the, the legend of the Naga who lives underneath the Mekong River in Nongkai is quite legendary. And in, and in part, it's because of this Naga fireball phenomena. And apparently, you know, 100,000 people go to Nongkai and, and line the sides of the river to, to see this phenomena. And I've heard all sorts of things from that it's methane gas that, that escapes and, and, and something like that. But I really don't understand why it only occurs at a certain time of year and, 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 and what it really is. So, you know, it's in October. It's in Nongkai. One of these days, I'm going to make it to see the Naga fireballs. Yeah, I don't know if I'm with you on that one. And it is a, a weird tale of everything from true to complete fallacy. But uh, hey, I love this episode because it's one of the many where we weren't sure if there was enough for an episode. And sure enough, uh, here we've gone on for well over a half hour. If you've enjoyed what you've listened to, support us. Trevor and I spend our own money to keep this going, but thankfully we have some great people called patrons who donate from as little as a couple bucks a month, way up to 25 a month. And in between each of these episodes, patrons get a little bonus episode, talk, a video, maybe photo gallery. And we'll thank Doran S for being a supporter. So please click donate now on the webpage. If you haven't keep the show going, we really appreciate it. So dream of the Mekong, make it happen. Have a great trip, Trevor. Take us out of this thing. Yeah, thanks, Scott. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Uh, anyone who happens to find themselves here in Cambodia, you know, uh, send me a message. I'll take you out on the river. I uh, can't promise uh, any fireballs here, but uh, we can definitely get on a boat and enjoy some beers in a sunset. Uh, until next week, uh, when we have a patron-only episode for our patrons. And in two weeks, when I'm back with Scott with another episode, thanks for listening. Thanks for joining us on Talk Travel Asia. We look forward to sharing with you again soon. Hey Scott, do you remember the time we walked on top of the wall at Angkor Thom in Cambodia?